This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Finland and Sweden will be formally invited to join NATO on Wednesday, according to the alliance's secretary-general, after an agreement over their membership was reached on Tuesday evening. Turkey had been blocking the country's bids on the grounds that they are home to Kurdish separatists, whom Turkey considers terrorists, but conceded after they promised to be tougher on terrorism. President Joe Biden, a staunch advocate for Finland and Sweden joining, is set to announce new American military commitments during NATO summit this week. The Ukrainian mayor of Kherson, an occupied city in southern Ukraine, was detained after refusing to cooperate with Russian officials. Meanwhile, a Russian missile hit a residential building in the nearby city of Mykolaiv, killing at least three civilians. Video also emerged of a rocket hitting a shopping centre in Kremenchuk, in central Ukraine, on Monday, dispelling Russian denials of responsibility for the attack. A former White House aide testified that Donald Trump knew the mob of his supporters could turn violent when they gathered at the Capitol on January 6th last year. Cassidy Hutchinson, who worked for Mr Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, told the House of Representatives Committee investigating the insurrection that Mr Trump tried to take the wheel of his limo from a Secret Service agent in order to meet the crowd at the Capitol. Officials in the Philippines ordered Rappler, an online media outlet, to shut down. It is one of the few outlets in the country critical of Rodrigo Duterte, the outgoing president. Maria Ressa, the co-founder and joint winner of last year's Nobel Peace Prize, said Rappler would stay open and challenge the order in court. Mr Duterte will be replaced by Ferdinand Bongbong Marcos on Thursday. Republicans in Colorado nominated a moderate candidate supportive of some abortion rights to the Senate in one of the first primaries held in America since the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Joe O'Day has said that he believes that the decision to have a termination in the initial months of pregnancy is between a person and their God. Meanwhile, a county judge in Texas temporarily blocked a total ban on abortions from taking effect in the state. Officials in Rajasthan, a state in northern India, suspended internet services amid rising tensions after a Hindu man was murdered by two Muslim men. In a video posted online, the killers said they were retaliating against the victim's support for Nupur Sharma, the suspended spokeswoman for the Bhatia Janta Party, who made controversial remarks about the Prophet Muhammad this month. The board of Walt Disney, the world's biggest media company, voted unanimously to extend the contract of its chief executive for another three years. Bob Chapek was heavily criticised for his response to Florida's Don't Say Gay law, which restricts conversations about sexuality and gender orientation in schools. Liberals were angry that Disney was slow to object to the bill. Republicans were furious when it did. And fact of the day. 9%. The percentage of Americans who think that a pregnant woman should never be able to obtain a legal abortion. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Who will meet the world's demand for oil? It is increasingly difficult to blame soaring petrol prices on the machinations of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. Led by Saudi Arabia, the oil cartel tries to manage the world oil supply. 
On Wednesday, OPEC will gather virtually to discuss production quotas. On Thursday, it will do the same in an expanded group known as OPEC+, including a handful of other big producers of oil, notably Russia. More oil may help to ease prices. OPEC Plus is committed to boost output by almost 650,000 barrels per day in July and August, up from previously planned increases of roughly 400,000. In July, Joe Biden, America's president, will visit Saudi Arabia to plead for even more. But at the G7 summit on Monday, France's president, Emmanuel Macron, was overheard telling Mr. Biden that Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates the only two OPEC countries thought to have a lot of spare production capability are at, quote, maximum and, quote, don't have huge capacity, unquote. Vladimir Putin's first wartime trip abroad. Outside the West, most of the world has not picked a side in Russia's war on Ukraine. Yet Russia has a few real allies, which may explain why Vladimir Putin has not left his country since ordering the invasion in late February. On Wednesday, he will finally remedy that with a one-day visit to Tajikistan and Turkmenistan, two friendly ex-Soviet countries in Central Asia, followed by two days in Belarus. In Dushanbe, the Tajik capital, Mr. Putin will meet President Imomali Rahman, who has run his country for almost three decades. Mr. Rahman values Russian help against Islamists. Tajikistan hosts a Russian military base with about 7,000 troops. In Ashgabat, the capital of Turkmenistan, Mr. Putin will attend a summit of the five Caspian littoral countries, Russia, Azerbaijan, Iran, Kazakhstan, and Turkmenistan. Here, some relations are more complicated. President Qasim Jomart Takayev of Kazakhstan refuses to recognize the Russian-backed statelets in eastern Ukraine, perhaps fearing his regime could face similar separatist unrest. Mr. Putin, who sent troops to prop up Mr. Takayev during riots in January, is not pleased. Uproar over executions in Myanmar Myanmar's generals have no qualms about shedding blood. Since seizing power in a coup, in February 2021, the army has killed at least 2,000 Burmese. Yet the junta has provoked particular outrage over its vow to hang four political prisoners. It has refused to say when exactly the executions will take place, but there is speculation that the executions are imminent. It will be the first time the death penalty has been used in Myanmar in more than 30 years. Two of those on death row are prominent democracy activists convicted of collaborating with a rival government formed by deposed MPs shortly after the coup. The other two were found guilty of killing military informants. That the junta is dusting off the gallows suggests the army feels obliged to ramp up its campaign of intimidation. Since the coup, as many as 100,000 Burmese have formed militias. They are growing, better organized, and gaining territory but making martyrs of four rebels will do little to change that. Europe flirts with stagflation. Inflation is high and unemployment is at a record low. These should be signs that the Eurozone economy is overheating. Yet, it is not. For now, it remains caught between a strong reopening boom after the pandemic and uncertainty amid war in Ukraine and high energy prices. Most recent indicators have pointed to an economic slowdown. The European Commission's Business and Consumer Survey, due on Wednesday, 
is expected to do the same. Industrial indicators from Germany and Austria show a decline in new orders and business expectations. The threat of gas rationing is looming, notably in Germany. And although wage growth will pick up as workers demand compensation for rising prices, it is unlikely to keep pace with inflation. In July, the European Central Bank must decide how steeply to raise interest rates, demonstrating resolve against inflation while protecting growth and employment will require the most delicate balance. The History of Black Comedy A new documentary about the history of black comedy in America is released on Wednesday on A&E Networks. Right to Offend explores stand-up pioneers such as Moms Mabley, a vaudeville entertainer, Dick Gregory, and Richard Pryor, as well as more recent entertainers like Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, and Kevin Hart. The title refers to comedy's potential for subversion and controversy, as well as its importance in social justice movements. Some black comedians, such as the now-disgraced Bill Cosby, have steered clear of racial politics, focusing instead on issues common to all Americans. But, as talking heads in the program contend, for most African-American performers, comedy has always been entwined with politics. Gregory became a civil rights activist. Mr. Chappelle's Netflix special 8.46 is a reference to the period for which George Floyd suffocated under the knee of a white policeman. To reinforce their point, the filmmakers juxtapose footage of police violence with audio from stand-up routines. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday, which Christmas carol was based on a poem by Christina Rossetti, set to music by Gustav Holst? Tuesday, which actor formed one half of a double act with a performer whose real name was Arthur Stanley Jefferson? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, who was born on this date in 1900. Grown-ups never understand anything by themselves, and it is tiresome for children to be always and forever explaining things to them. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs> 